Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. You're tuned in to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon here with my good friend, Ryan Roberts. And today, we are continuing on with our quarterback discussions. We thought that uh, another comparison show would be really interesting we're trying to do three each week at least two and today's discussion we decided to pick two guys that are being debated in the middle of this quarterback class now ryan i think one of the benefits we have with this year's quarterback class is because it's not horrendous we can do this with a guy like grayson mccall from coastal carolina and kj jefferson from arkansas and discuss how they fit in the class who might be better Maybe it would have benefited Grayson McCall to go not go back, maybe enter last year's class. We're going to cover that. But nonetheless, we actually have a good crop of guys, enough guys to discuss. <laughs> Unlike last year where you got past the first five and then it was significantly downhill from there. Yeah, it, this is a really interesting comparison, Joe, because I feel like both these guys are not comparable at all. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with that, but we're, we'll, we'll obviously get more into that and and we're going to highlight a player, Grayson McCall, who's a good friend of the Believe in Info Draft Prospect podcast. He's been on in the past, man. Even sure. though he, even though he unfollowed me on Twitter, it's 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 all yeah. good, man. We, uh, you know, much love to Grayson <laughs> McCall out there in the mullets down in uh, Coastal. Maybe but, maybe yeah. he'll follow follow you back. You never know. But it, should, yeah, should. we we do have Isaiah Likely, who is a big friend of the show because he's oh, I love twice. Coastal guys, man. I love Coastal guys. Yeah, and the, the Coastal guys have always been very very nice to us, but. So that's where this fold gets interesting, Ryan, is that we are not in a situation where we have two guys that traits-wise, they're comparable. This is not like we've what we've done with Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. They're, they weren't as comparable, but it was one quarterback, one who is the guy. Last show we did was Hendon Hooker and Will Levis, and that was, okay, traitsy guys. Now we're doing middle-of-the-pack quarterbacks, guys that have been talked about in the middle of this quarterback group who stands out amongst the two. You know you know what is one thing that is comparable about these players is that they both come from gimmicky option offenses. I mean, they, they really – I had a were. feeling you were going to say that. I mean, they do, though. I mean, Grayson McCall, yeah. I mean, they run like some single-wing stuff at times, man, and they run a lot of like, option looks and then – yeah. And then KJ Jefferson, it's not as much of like an option offense, but I mean they're running zone read, they're running quarterback power. It's a lot of a lot of run game implement to the quarterbacks in these offenses. I was not expecting Grayson McCall to to run triple option plays. I, I was not expecting that. Now I, I had a feeling and I knew that KJ Jefferson did that from watching. Obviously, I've watched more Arkansas games last season than I did coastal games, but I knew that KJ Jefferson was used in these read option plays, which is much more common. 
But to see some some of these triple option calls and and like what you're talking about, I, I can't remember the last time I've, I've seen a, a, a top rated quarterback in the discussion running plays like that. Yeah, no, it's it's bizarre, man. I mean, again, like the, they're running like some single wing at points. They're running like pistol triple option. They they're doing all types of stuff. And then, I mean, KJ Jefferson's running empty and running quarterback power on like third and three. Like it's just <laughs> two very different offenses. But the, I mean, I think the the comparison that you could take out of it is both players are really good athletes and they try yes. to take advantage of their athleticism in both these offenses in different ways. Very, very different athletes because with, <sighs> with Grayson McCall, he's actually pretty fast. I think it's, it's yeah. underrated the speed that he has. And he can move. He, he's a lot thinner than KJ Jefferson is, which allows him to be a bit more elusive. But KJ Jefferson, I, I don't think it's a stretch to say maybe you could put Anthony Richardson in this in the discussion because they're you know he's also a bigger guy. But Jefferson's probably the strongest runner of the quarterback group because he's like a big, powerful dude, and he he kind of runs like a, a big power back because he has that that weight and that size behind him. I mean, there's no question about who KJ Jefferson models his game after, right? Is there a name that comes to Cam mind? Newton? Cam Newton. Easy, yeah. dude. Yeah. He's a 245-pound, strong quarterback, <laughs> like you said, who wears number one, has the visor going 100%. That dude loves Cam Newton. There's no doubt about it. I would love to ask him if, if he does or not because that that's – one thing, wait, you know what I just realized? Because I just what? looked him up. He's 20 years old. Is he? He is 20 years old. I mean, he's only a, tr- a true junior, right? Yeah. Or a Richard sophomore, whatever he is. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna dive into this. I don't want to jump into it too quick because I want to get to the ad read. So really quickly, folks, be sure you head to bet online if you're going to be interested in doing any betting for the baseball or basketball season our partners at bet online continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info find all of the latest sports developments including updated odds on the nba and nhl playoffs major league baseball fights and even next season's nfl futures bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino and poker games it's super easy to get started, so head to their website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Ryan, I, I want to hit on that the, the returning thing and the eligibility thing first because I look at Grayson McCall and I was watching him, and the first thing that popped up in my mind because he was talked about in last quarterback class Mm-hmm. Is she, was it the right decision for him to go back in the grand scheme of things? Because now this is a much more crowded group. And I would argue in a less crowded group, he might have actually gone earlier. He might have been selected sooner. Is that too much of a reach to say? It's not that I think you're wrong necessarily. I think in a vacuum, he may have gone earlier last year than he would go th- this next draft cycle. But I think at the end of the day, we saw that the NFL kind of wised up on overdrafting quarterbacks last cycle. And I don't know if he was, I don't know if he's the talent that is going to flip that narrative last year, right? Like, I don't think he's going to force himself up the board just because there's a, there's not a big, 
there's not a big supply on great quarterbacks in last cycle. So I understand I understand what you're saying, but I don't a hundred percent agree with it just because I, I don't I don't think that it would have been advantageous for him to leave last year. And then he was coming off an injury at the at the later stages of the season, wasn't playing the best football of his career. So I, I think it was wise to go back. I mean, the interesting part about him, you want to talk about eligibility. Mm-hmm. He had the extra COVID year. So technically, again, he's I think he's technically again a Richard sophomore this year, if you wanted to be. That's he's a Richard junior, but he's he could be. He could come out in the next three cycles if he wants to, which is nuts. Literally, he can come out in four different cycles. Right, he's think he's about a, that. He's a two thousand kid, so he's going to be a twenty two year old. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but my point is already. So he could have went out last year. He was a third year player technically, but again, since the COVID year, he's he'd be considered a third year player again this year because he had the red shirt to start. So he could be in last year's cycle, this year's cycle, the 2024 cycle, and the 2025 cycle. He could literally be eligible for four different drafts. We're going to have a 27-year-old rookie, Grayson McCall. Brandon, well, he's, only, he's only going to be 25, but like he could be, we could be talking about it for four years as a draft prospect. Grayson Whedon McCall. <laughs> no, okay, I totally understand though what you're saying about maybe it was best for him to go back. He's younger than I, I really thought off the top of my head because I feel like we've been talking about him for so long. But I'm still going to keep pitching for a guy like him. It might have been better for him to, to to come out because now you talk about all the really talented traitsy guys that are in the conversation. Because think about it now this way: say Hendon Hooker pops off this year, say Anthony Richardson pops off this year, uh, Will Levis plays up to the potential that we've discussed him at. That's a lot of guys that are going to be lining up ahead of him. Maybe Spencer Rattler has a really good season. Jaden Daniels looks really good at LSU. We're already up to, what is it, seven, eight guys that are going to be pushing ahead of him. Yep. And then on top of that, like we're going to talk about further, is if KJ Jefferson does better than him. He goes from a class where he would have probably been at least in the top five quarterbacks to now possibly being quarterback 10. So that's where like I'm at least thinking... It would have been early. It would have been soon. And and if a team is willing to draft Kenny Pickett, who played in an offense where all they really did was make a lot of really short throws and completions that way, which has boosted his his accuracy profile and his completion percentage. If teams, if the Steelers were willing to draft him in the first round, why wouldn't a team be willing to draft him somewhere on day two? I don't know, man. I I just. I, I think that no matter how you book it, as far as him being quarterback four, being quarterback eight, whatever it is, it the the success of him long term in the NFL is going to outweigh the short term because I don't. I mean, he's not a first round pick, right? No. So no, I, I I don't. I just don't think that the separation is big enough where the short term is going to outweigh the long term. I think it's about him sticking. So in last year. I think he would have had a tough time. Not even, not not just like not sticking because I mean I'm sure if he was drafted in the day two he would have made the team. What I'm saying is, if he goes into the class last year, and he is what he is, what's the upside with him maybe being a starter long term? I feel like the better he is going into the NFL, the long term is going to outweigh the short term because mm-hmm. I don't think he's a guy that we're going to say first round pick last year if he comes mm-hmm. out. You know, like I don't think that he supplants Kenny Pickett as the 20th overall selection if he leaves last year. Okay, that's fair. Maybe he would have made a little bit more money because he got drafted higher, but that totally... Short-term. Short-term. Yeah, short-term. Short-term. Yep. It totally makes sense. So speaking of short-term, though, I, I honestly, I think that if anyone is going to go back in this quarterback class, it's probably going to be KJ Jefferson 
I, I have this sense that because he's so much younger, if he has a really good year this year, based on just a lot of these Arkansas guys going back for mm-hmm. extra years, I have a, a sense that, that KJ Jefferson could be one of those guys that decides to go back. It might not be a part of the NFL draft until 2024. Well, I mean, he's a weird player. I mean, honestly, right. to evaluate, he's very strange because, I mean, 6'3", 245. It's funny. People think he's slow, but I'm like, no, nope, he's not, not slow. He's just massive. <laughs> like, he makes <laughs> him look slower because he's like a truck, dude. I mean, he is physical. I think he's explosive for, for his size. I think he's a really good athlete. I think his arm's pretty strong, too. But it's just, yeah. man, it's so unnatural i guess is the word of a, th- of a, as a thrower like i feel like he's more a thrower than a passer if that makes sense like i don't think he understands touch and i think he's just kind of a guy that could throw the ball very hard for a long time and that's why he's played quarterback i just don't think he's natural right now as a passer i don't know if he has a baseball background but it kind of looks like you're watching like a really big outfielder is is kind of like the sense that you get or, or like a really big first baseman that's just like you know casually throwing the ball to, to third but when he's throwing it, he's not hitting the guy right in the glove. Right, the third baseman has to you know move his arm around and, and try and redirect for the ball just to get the play to happen. Because everything kind of looks a little late, right? Like he's definitely a yeah. It doesn't click for him. It's a little slow. He, he's definitely a you're open now. I'm going to throw it type of thrower. Not a he doesn't have much anticipation to his game right now. Everything is very you're open now. Now I can throw it, and I have a strong arm, so I can get there. In most instances, I will say the one thing I do like about him is that he doesn't turn the ball over much. He doesn't really put it in bad situations too often, which is good. But I just don't think he's – I don't think he's natural right now. I don't think he has anticipation. And I think it's, it's – it's not like the longest release ever, but like I think his arm – I think his release is a little slow. Like I just think it's a little mechanical right now. I, I think that would be the best way to put him as a passer is that he's a little mechanical. And maybe he's one of those guys because he's a lot more greener to having starting reps because last season was really his only full starting year and he missed time yep. because of an injury and mm-hmm. he still played through that injury at times. Maybe he's one of those guys where he, he comes back this year, he takes a step forward with that processing ability, the ability to think quicker and maybe he goes back for the 2024 group, and that's when he really hits what he's capable of doing. Because, again, he's got the arm, and we're talking yeah. about how the touch isn't necessarily there. There's a yeah. lot of times where like, he's missing throws on these screen passes. Like the, like those throws to the to the boundary for a quick screen to receiver, Like the ball goes like way out of, of the range of where it's supposed to be, and those are supposed to be the easy completions. Those are the the frustrations with me when I was watching KJ Jefferson is like, dude, come on, just make that throw. I want to like him. I want to like you. And I do like him as a prospect, but I can't be as high on a, on him as I would like to be because he can't hit those throws. But you also talked about the delayed processing is a little bit concerning at times. Maybe it takes a little bit of time for him to figure that out. I will say though, like when he is in good situations and like he has like a tight window to hit, he's pretty good at doing it. He's capable yeah. of doing it. Well, I, I, I'm hoping that in year two as a starter, they open up the offense a little bit. I really thought it was a little gimmicky last year. You know, there was a lot of quarterback power and reads and, you know, just a lot of stuff that's him as a runner, which obviously he can do really well. But I felt like most of the passing was just off of those st- same play action looks. Right. And it's just very simplistic stuff. I hope that they open up the offense a little bit for him this year. Because I think there is tools to work with. I just don't think that he's comfortable as a passer right now, I, which 
I mean, it gives you hope, though, because he threw like 21 touchdowns and four interceptions last year, completed 67% of his passes, and we're sitting here saying that he's not there as a passer right now. I mean, there's tools to work with. Yeah, I mean, there's tools. He's got a plus arm. He's a really good athlete. He's a big, strong dude. There's a lot to work with there. It's just not – he's not ready to play in the NFL right now. He's not. He If he if he came out with what he is right now, he probably gets drafted on day three, but it's just that you're a complete developmental guy. Like, you need an right. overhaul mechanically. And, and I have to say, too, I do hope they dial back how much they use him as uh, a piece in the run game. Because like that's that's part of what led to him getting hurt. Like I don't want to see, and I understand he's a big, strong kid. Like I don't want to see him doing that too often. I like that he has good awareness in the pocket and he can he can extend extend plays that way. But I, I'm not a fan of watching him get blasted because they're throw or not throwing. They're they're running these read option plays two to three times a drive. Like there were some games. I think the Alabama game they were doing it a lot. Yeah, I, 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 I would like them to have kind of an opinion that KJ Jefferson's a passer first, and then we'll let him be an extender as a passer. Yes. Like that, that way you can still use the running portion of his game. He can still work as an extender. He can still get yards when you need it from a running perspective. But I think that when you're just kind of focusing this offense purely on a quarterback run game type of thing, I think that's where you're going to get into the to the little molds where. It's very dumbed down, I think is a good word for it. Like it's not it's not advantageous to his potential as a passer. I would like them to kind of open things up a little bit. Ryan, last thing I just want to say about KJ Jefferson, though, I, I really was impressed by his his demeanor in the pocket. Like he was one of the few guys that I made sure to make a note of him just having a very calm and casual demeanor. And I don't know what it is about quarterbacks who act like that. Like Bryce Young, I was really excited is a weird word to, to use, but like I really liked watching him in the pocket because nothing really phased him. And you get the same thing with with KJ Jefferson, where he's just he's just very, very calm. He's very aloof, is is almost the way to that I would like to put it. And, and part of the reason probably why he only threw four interceptions was because he's not freaking the heck out and he's not trying to to overdo things. I like the word aloof. It's a good word, man. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's very calm player. He's a very calm player. He's cool, collected. Everything's good in the pocket for, for that sense. I, I don't think he gets rattled very often because I think what is his biggest selling point for me, and I don't know if you agree with this, is, I mean, he's got tools just all around, but he's a very physical dude. I mean, yes. he's not afraid of getting hit, right? And in the pocket, you can see that stuff. Like, he's one of those guys – Think Ben Roethlisberger when he was younger, where you could just shrug guys off on the po- in the pocket because you're just such a massively strong human being. Like that's kind of the same thing I feel with a KJ Jefferson. He doesn't fear opposing defensive linemen, which could be a negative at times. But I mean, for the most part, it allows him to stay calm in the pocket and not panic at all. Now, if we're trying to make a decision here, if we're going to rank one guy ahead of the other, we're not talking about necessarily where they fit in the grand scheme of the class. I think we can both agree they're in somewhere in the middle to the back end of the top 10, most likely. But for you, how would you rank the two of them? Like where would, who would you put ahead of the other? It's such a tough comparison, man. It really is because I I look at Grayson McCall. I'm just like, I think he 
is a more accurate. He's a good athlete, like we talked about. His arm strength is not great, though. It's very middling. It's very average at best. KJ Jefferson's a complete overhaul from a talent perspective, but you need to really rein in a lot of things, and he's far from an NFL-ready passer. I would defer to KJ Jefferson, though, and here's why. Because I think both of these players are going to end up being in that developmental tier. They're going to have to be guys that are projected a little bit out. And I'm going to project with the tools. Let's just fly out what I'd rather. Because right now, I think both these guys are day three players. So if I'm drafting a player on day three at at the quarterback position, he's got to have tools, man. Like, I'm not not drafting a guy like a Grayson McCall who, like, you know, in, in best case scenario, I think he's solid in in the structure that he plays but i think kj jefferson just has a higher ceiling so i, I think i would defer to kj because i think they're in the same bucket but kj is just way more talented in my opinion yeah i completely agree with you on that um you i i watched grayson mccall and I, I see somebody who again you're talking about doesn't really have that top end arm strength that you want in a quarterback prospect i, I feel like he fits a lot better and his best chance is going to be as a backup in the nfl but KJ yeah. Jefferson, that upside, those traits, his size, his value as a runner, I think that if he takes a step forward and he progresses, he could be a developmental guy, uh, a team that somebody drafts with a hope that they can turn him into uh, maybe some type of a starter or a contributor someday. And I, I, I again, we're, we're here going to be banking on the upside. I'd rather have the guy who's going to do more for me down the line than looking in the short term. And KJ Jefferson has to be the guy in this circumstance between the two. Yeah, I, I think if Grayson came from an offense where it was very NFL ready, like a, a pro style type of system, a pro spread system, like whatever it is, then I would feel better about him. But I mean, the one thing that makes it cloudy for him too is that I think he has a good baseline in the terms of being a smart, intelligent quarterback who has accuracy and is a good athlete. But the fact is that he's coming from an offense that is not translatable to the NFL at all. If it was translatable, then maybe that upside, maybe that floor would outweigh the the chasm that is a KJ Jefferson right now. But I think it's just the fact that both of them come from offenses that aren't incredibly NFL, NFL, you know, translatable. So I'm going to defer to those traits at the end of the day. Yeah, certainly both very talented prospects. Again, these are early day three guys, but if we're both picking, it sounds like we're both going with KJ Jefferson folks. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We're going to do a miscellaneous quarterback takes probably going to have a a more organized and quality name for the show than that (laughs) when we actually do it but uh that's what's going to be coming next and then i think we're going to pivot pivot to running backs and we've got more more stuff coming your way so be sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel and the audio feed at joe DeLeone at rise and draft For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.